Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford, and I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you haven't checked out the Inside Scoop, it's a wonderful podcast where we travel around the world helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. This week, we're headed to Dubai, and I'm talking to a to a very interesting young man who is pursuing his dream of becoming a professional footballer in Dubai and ultimately going to Spain. It was a very detailed conversation, so it was informative. And his personal story was an inspiration to me, and I'm sure it'll be an inspiration to you. So please check out tomorrow's episode where we travel to Dubai. And if you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, anytime-soccer.com is a website that will host over a 1,100% follow-along videos covering all the major areas of individual skill development. To be quite frank with you guys, I created this product in part to help my own boys. So as a parent trainer out there, I was looking for a product that was step-by-step, followed a set curriculum, but also had the variety to keep them engaged, keep them interested, interested, and also covered all those building blocks of youth soccer training. So we had line cones, two cones, ball mastery, juggling, all, you name it, we're, we're throwing it in there. And so I encourage you to check that out. And then a special message to my coaches and trainers out there. We believe in the product. We think it's something that would benefit you and your team and your clients. So what we want to do is um, uh, create a free account for you. So if you email us at neil at anytime-soccer.com, we'll create a free account for you for one year so that you can kind of experiment with the product and see how it works. And if it's something you think will help your team or help your clients, then we would love to uh, work with you to create a free account for them so that they can test it out uh, for an extended period of time, six months or a year. And why are we doing this is simple because we think the product is helpful. We put a lot of time in making sure that it addresses um, some of the things that we don't see out there in the market now. And we know that if you try it, it will help families and they will spread the word. So again, Neil at anytime-soccer.com if you want that free account and begin the conversation about how you can share it with uh, your co- your team excuse me, and your clients. So now on to the show. This is again one of those shows where I'm going to drop a tip, and I'm going to just have a conversation with you leading up to it. And this is a follow-up to the show I did last week where we talked about fun and the role of fun in the context of training your own child and deliberate practice. And if you haven't checked out that show, I encourage you to do so. And for those who didn't hear it, let me summarize effectively what I said. I said, listen, the process is long. The process is relatively hard. And I have never seen a situation where someone can master a skill, be really good at a skill, whether it's soccer or anything else, and do it in a way that's 100% fun. 100% 100% of the time. That doesn't mean the the overall process can't be enjoyable, but I have never seen a situation or heard anybody say, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at this thing, um, this particular skill, and the entire process was 100% fun, 100% of the time. And that podcast was uh, inspired by what I see on social media, what I see written in articles, what I see 
published in uh, by experts, which is effectively telling parent trainers that, hey, you can work with your child, but make sure that they're either asking you to do so or that you keep it fun. If you do, if, if that, if one of those two things aren't happening, then you're doing something wrong. And I just wanted us to bond again on an intellectual level to say, first of all, that never happens. And secondly, it's a complete fool's errand if you are a parent trainer out there trying to help your child acquire certain skills um, to search for this methodology that's going to make it 100% fun 100% of the time. That just won't happen. So what we're going to drop in this um, pot, in this tip, though, is I'm going to share with you a way to almost, well, yeah, technically you can, if you do these two things, or one of these two things, you will get close to 100% fun 100% of the time that you do these things. So I'm going to give you some surefire ways to add fun to your training sessions with the understanding that deliberate practice, which needs to be a part of skill acquisition, uh, will never be 100% fun 100% of the time. And so then we went on to say, okay, well, if we know as a parent trainer that we're asking our child to do something in the area of sport, uh, and we're talking about competitive sport now, in this area, we've at, we're asking them to do something that's not 100% fun 100% of the time. Why are we doing that? And I effectively said, well, there's three things that I'm looking for. And then I didn't say this, and I'm going to elaborate on one more thing that I didn't mention in the previous podcast. So I'm looking for um, my child to become fulfilled through youth sports gain a sense of accomplishment. So get some wins, not in the game sense, but a sense of accomplishment. And that does a lot to their self-esteem and just development and all that kind of stuff. And I'm hoping that they will enjoy, or at least my goal is for them to enjoy the overall process. All right. So I want them to be, get fulfillment, sense of accomplishment and enjoy the overall process. And again, we're going to drop a tip at the end of the show where we talk about ways to help them enjoy the overall process. Now, what I wasn't explicit about that I'm going to um, um, be clear about today is, so the deliberate practice piece of this, me and you in the backyard or on the pitch by ourselves when no one else is out there, what I'm doing is I'm building discipline and I'm instilling discipline in you, hopefully, that will give you the tools to unlock those three um, virtues that we just talked about, our three goals of fulfillment, gains, gains, accomplishment, and enjoyment. So it's almost, if you can picture this, it's almost like there's a door that needs to be opened. And you need a little bit of discipline. In this case, the discipline is the key to open that door. And once you're able to open that door, then you receive these other benefits, which are fulfillment, you know, a sense of accomplishment and a greater sense of enjoyment, especially of the overall process. But if you don't have that discipline, you'll never be able to achieve those other three, which are more lasting than just having fun. And there's a place for just having fun, right? a big place for it, which I talked about in the previous podcast. But there's a higher level of fulfillment that you can only get through the process of 
deliver practice and working on your craft and all that other stuff. For example, my oldest one can juggle, and I'm using juggling as an example. I don't want all my Cruyff, you don't need to juggle folks out there listening to email me about the why juggling is not that important. I'm just using it as an example because it's a number that we all can identify with. So my older one is 10, and he can juggle nearly 3,000 times. Well, he gets a sense of accomplishment, a sense of fulfillment, and enjoyment out of being able to do that that he could never receive if the process was entirely fun. And so that's part of what I'm trying to do as it relates to working with my child in youth soccer. Okay, so what I'm going to say at first, and the way I'm going to tee this up, it's it's not a solid piece of advice, and it's not a solid 100% airtight solution or theory or anything, excuse me, anything like that. It's just the way I tend to think about the stages of my children's maturity as it pertains to training at home mainly with me. And what you're going to see in the, there's a trend that I'm trying to establish with these podcasts to say in I should say in bond, I'm trying to create a trend where we as parent trainers are able to bond at a, on an intellectual level uh, in the way that we think. And then we can exchange ideas and share ideas and listen and learn. And I'm using myself and I'm sharing some of my most inner thoughts that I don't haven't really shared with very many people before. Because I'm going to fall on the proverbial grenade um, so to, and put this stuff out there for public consumption so that our trainers and our coaches and our club directors and our experts and our other parents can hear this stuff and, and then, you know, call me crazy or, or help me think through these issues as to why I may or may not be off, off bases or offline and help inform my thinking. And that I'm, my motivation for doing that is because as a parent trainer and someone who is somewhat discerning, I get somewhat frustrated by the information that's presented to us as parent trainers by very well-meaning people. Again, it's not out of malice. It's just very well-meaning people that provide a lot of information to us. I don't find that information to be particularly useful in many cases because of a number of reasons. It either lacks detail or or um, doesn't address some of the most common assumptions that, you know, people understand. So, if, for example, if you start earlier, the more years you do something, the better you'll be in the long run. People offer you advice like, oh, you shouldn't do anything until you're 12. And then you're like, yeah, but what about those other six years? Do you not do anything until you're 12 and just advice like that. And you're like, you have to acknowledge these assumptions in, before you provide this type of advice or, and, and I don't want to ramble on, but I'm basically saying half of these podcasts when it's practical will deal with sort of how I think about things so that other parent trainers who, who agree or disagree can, we can talk. And then our experts who are listening can help me inform um, my own thinking, especially as it relates to working with my children, because the ultimate goal 
is to help them in soccer, help them reach their full potential in a way that's positive for them and not negative, right? So that's the ultimate goal. So now that I've, I've teed that up and we've said, you know, the whole process is not going to be fun. So now what I want to do is layer on the category. I got three big categories I use in sort of thinking about how my children think about training with their dad. And I'm going to use an analogy so that you can picture it um, on how I think about it. So I, I kind of put my boy's mentality into three big buckets. And this is when it's coming to working with me, right? Three big buckets. One is a chore, just like making up the bed or I grew up on the farm, so we had to chop wood and bring wood into the house for the fire and all that kind of stuff. That's a chore. Then the next big bucket is, um, based on their age, is a job, right? So, again, nobody wants to go to work every day, but if you lost your job, you kind of be sad as well. So that's another category of bucket of maturity that my boys are going through. And then the final thing is that thing that you're passionate about. Maybe you're opening your own business, you're starting your nonprofit, or whatever it is that you're really passionate about. That's the final, final bucket, right? And so I place my boys into, at least what I have seen, I kind of place them into one of three of these buckets so far. And it's kind of been based on their age and level of maturity. So for those of you, of you who do not know, I have two. I got a 2013 who's seven, and I have a 2010 who is 10 years old. And so my 2013-year-old son is in the chore bucket. So he views practice with dad as a chore. He doesn't understand why. If you told him tomorrow that we will never... Uh, ever do any deliberate he doesn't think about his deliberate practice but he thinks about his videos if I told him we'll never do any videos ever again in his life and man this is horrible because I'm this is my company but if I said listen you'll never do any anytime soccer training videos ever again in your life he would be he'd be head over heels and um he just views it as a chore like I don't know why I'm doing it I just gotta do it and that's what I do so as a parent trainer I, I know this so I'm very delicate to that, that he doesn't understand why he doesn't want to do it and blah, blah, blah. Now, overarching that is he loves to play the game, right? So I'm not asking him to do something that, you know, he really hates, but he doesn't want to do any chores as it relates to the thing that he loves to do, which is just play soccer, talk about soccer, watch soccer and all that kind of stuff. So now that I, because I know that with my when my boys were young, when my young older one was this age and now with my younger one, I started off with just two minutes. And this was before um, before I created any time soccer training. So the what I would do is I would go on YouTube and I would find the different vi drills and I would show him the drill and then I would write them down into a spreadsheet because that's the kind of person I am. And then we would have it and I would print it out. And the way he would do it, it might be like five moves, you know, you got to do each move for 20 seconds and I'll have a timer and it's like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And then I would read out the next one, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. So it may look like, let's say if it's a juggling routine, 20 seconds of juggling, which juggle catch with your right foot. Okay. 20 seconds juggle catch with your left foot. Good. 20 seconds juggle catch with your thigh and, and then the other thigh. 
if it was ball mastery, all right, toe taps, 20 seconds, then 10 seconds on. And then TikToks, 20 seconds on, and then 10 seconds off. And then maybe you're moving back and forth and so forth and all that stuff. And then each week I would layer on a different drill. And he just viewed it as a chore. And I, and because of that, I knew, man, if I can just do 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off, he can really get good at these particular drills in like two, two to five minutes. And then we would just go off and play. And that was my promise to him. Give me two to five minutes and you're good. And he bought into that. And then what you also will see is their endurance will pick up, their tolerance will pick up, and then you can slowly add more um, time without really even discussing it. But I kind of learned through trial and error and very early on that I needed to apply the same principles that I apply in my job and things I like in my own with managers. I had to be patient, obviously no screaming, not giving him too much too fast, making sure he had the proper quote unquote training before I asked him to do drills. All this stuff, listening to his feedback, all this stuff I incorporated into sure to make sure that it was it was um, it was um, doable for him. And here's what I didn't do, and I don't do with my older, younger one. I don't really talk about the big picture. I don't really explain how it's going to try to how it's going to help him in the games. I don't have that conversation. And here's what I do: you got a set routine, and this is what we're going to do. And that routine is actually stepped up because of COVID. But before it would be like two days a week, but now it's even more because of COVID. And it is what it is. You know, you're going to be out there on these days, and that's the deal. Okay, so I'm really, really strict with my younger one because it's a short amount of time for him. And he again, he looks at it as a chore, so he's never going to really want to do it. And then I'm going to talk about at the end how I do things to make it enjoyable, but that's the chore stage that he's in. And why am I saying that? Because there are a lot of parent trainers out here who are listening to this who are going through that now, and they may they're going to hear a lot of advice from other folks saying, oh, if you do that, you're going to burn the child out and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to talk about burnout in later episodes but they're going to get discouraged because they they're going to be worried and i'm telling you i've been through this phase of the process and yes every child is different you'll know your child if you if you're if you're bringing your child out there and they're kicking and screaming and yelling and running away from you you're a parent that's obvious but this is a situation where i have a child who loves soccer and i just want him to acquire some basic skills so i start really slow but i'm really steadfast on keeping the routine consistent all right. Now, my older one has left that phase. He doesn't view the sessions anymore as a chore. He views them the way you may view a job. And that may sound harsh in the context of sports. Again, this hopefully is a safe space, no judgment. And I'm just kind of laying out there how I think about it it's for public consumption and feedback. So what does that mean? That means um, he overall, he wants to do the sessions. He is beginning to understand how important these sessions are to helping him develop as a player. He is by far the number one scorer on his team, by far the the most important player in terms of offensive activity. So if he's not scoring, he's setting it up and all this kind of stuff. He gets all the rah, rah, rah stuff that we talked about last week. So he's beginning to see that, yeah, there, man, if I, when I'm doing, I don't know exactly how it's working, but whatever you're doing, here with me dad that seems to be paying off in the game and practice situations 
But just like a job, I mean, you know, he'll take a PTO day any day and he doesn't wake up in the morning like, ooh, whistling while I go to work. He views it as something that I have to do in order to get the rewards that I'm looking for. And his rewards are going to be different than the way I think about them. But that's basically what he's saying. And I have effectively explained to him that those rewards or at least in that commitment that you're asking the family and that we, that we are all putting into this, this is sort of part of the deal. Now, the details, we can work with you on that. Maybe you want to, like for their, for now that we're in COVID, he doesn't do anything training related on Monday and Fridays and then Sunday is optional. So we can work through the details. We can work through the amount of training you do with me, but it's kind of part of the deal if you want to play at this level. Now, again, some people are going to have a view. Oh, man, you, you horror, man. You, you should just sign them up for the elite, super, super, superb team and ask nothing of them. But that's just not how I was raised, and that's not how I'm raising my kids. If you, There are too many ways to enjoy the game of soccer without asking for that type of family commitment or that type of financial commitment. And I don't really talk to them about that. It's more about, hey, we're playing competitively, and this is what people who play competitively do. And in another podcast, we'll talk about burnout and how I feel about that. But that's sort of how my older one views it. Now, because he can understand this stuff a little more, I do, in between sessions, give him a lot of life lesson type tips and explain to him some of the logic behind what I'm doing. As a matter of fact, I have him listen to some of these podcasts. Um, and he is slowly beginning to understand that. So let me give you an example. We may watch, I think we're watching this thing on Netflix now, the Nicholas Nelker story. And Nicholas Nelker talked about how when he was 13, he went off to this um, academy boarding school and they trained all the time. And they did this kind of stuff. And I use those in a, as an opportunity to say, well, son, your dad is not crazy. I didn't, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm an analytical person. You're in a competitive environment. So I look around and see what other people are doing. And I try to pull some of the best things that I can from what they're doing. And most of these kids in these competitive environments spend some amount of time working on their game alone. Now they would do it with some kind of coach or something. Cause they'd be in some kind of full fledged Academy. You don't have access to that. And your dad didn't have the budget to, pay for this stuff all every um every week in addition to what the other stuff we're already doing so i'm going to provide that for you until you're old enough to do it yourself or you're with your little buddies or some other coach takes an interest and does it for you or as part of the program so i don't want to ramble on there i just want to say hey listen now i'm starting to introduce sort of life lessons into it because and i'm also one more thing and i'm also giving my son choice so we talked about this in a previous podcast, but we have numbers. And so if he tells me a four, that means, nope, we're not doing it today. This choice now for him to own his own training is very important because now I'm there as a facilitator. I have the set routine that you've agreed to, but you let me know how you're feeling on that particular day. And if, and if the answer is always no, 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 I want to create an environment where you feel comfortable doing that. Yes, there's going to be some parental pressure, but I want to feel create an environment where you feel comfortable telling me this is, no, I don't want to do this. And then we can slowly, and again, I wouldn't tell him this, find a program that fits your interest level. 
Okay. So the final stage, and my boys aren't there yet because they're pretty young, is the sort of passion. Like you, it's like you having your own business, or you, or starting your own nonprofit, or doing your doing that thing that you just absolutely love that you would do for free if they allowed it. Um, that's the final thing. That's like that's the gold standard. That's where you want to see the child evolve to. And I'm assuming, I have no idea, that's why I want to talk to parents of older kids, that should start happening around that teenage, early teen. You should start seeing signs of that happening in that early teen phase. And there will be varying degrees of that intrinsic motivation, but as a parent, you want to start seeing a lot more pull and a lot less push. Now, here's where there's a, I want to throw a big caveat out because I hear this a lot, and this is why the details matter to me. On social media spaces, you see a lot of our parents proclaim how much their child enjoys, you know, working on their craft and being out there training on their own and stuff. And those posts and those conversations should, should be celebrated, right? So I don't, I'm not critical in that regard. I think. I think that's a great thing. Of all the things you can celebrate, that's that's up there. Of all the all this negativity that's shared on social media, I have no problem with that. But, and there's a big but, as it pertains to this podcast and we're trying to get into the details, my hypothesis is, and it kind of goes back to the fun thing, that they probably are not... Um, What's the best way to say it? They're not engaged in these daily routines that many of our parent trainers are trying to implement at home. So in other words, you'll have parents tell you, oh, yeah, my child always wanted to train and always was ready to roll and was always pulling and and, and, um, and it was always intrinsically motivated. But then when you start layering in the details and start asking detailed questions, you realize, no, it's not a... It's not a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday thing. We're we're on the field from this time to this time, and we kind of keep that set routine. It's more like, uh, I guess, it's just more of a romanticized version of what they're seeing. And because if, if I, you know, if I never ask my older one now that he's in the job phase, if I ever never ask him to train on his own, then he would do things on his own definitely, and he would definitely do things with his friends. Even my younger one pull cones out and start doing stuff. They just won't do it at the level that's required to master the skill but i could as a parent looking at that i can you know conclude i might conclude oh yeah they love training you know they they love it but again they're not doing it at that level of consistency and so again i want to really understand from my older parents with older children sort of what that transition from job to passion look like or if indeed there are parents out who out here who say no my child had that level of passion from the time he was itty bitty. I would love to hear that as well. And so what I'm hoping will happen is by the time my older one is 13, 14, from a perspective of being clear eyed about what it takes to play at a competitive level, he will be able to say to me, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be out on the field this long. And he'd be comfortable with that. Like, I don't want to. No, I can't. 
there's other things I want to do. I want to do band. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to do robotics. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's interfering. And all this soccer is interfering with that. Hopefully, he'll be able to tell me that verbally. Hopefully, I'll be able to see signs of that um, you know, emotionally and nonverbal cues. And I'll be able to have a relationship where I can step in and say, son, I know you're giving it your best. But it's clear to me and your mom that you don't want to spend three, four, five days on the soccer field. So let's let's try to think about other ways that you can enjoy soccer, but not at that ultra competitive level. So that's the conversation I'm hoping to be able to have with my son when he's 13, 14. The conversation I don't want to have is he's 13 or 14 and realizes, oh, man, this is still my passion. This is still what I want to do. And. I'm on the third or fourth team, not because I couldn't be on the quote unquote top team, if and we're using that as an analogy, but because no one gave me the guidance that I could have benefited from when I was really young. If I had if someone had told me that ten minutes a day, you know, three days a week would have amounted to forty hours extra of training, which would have put me head and shoulders over my peers, man, by the time I'm fourteen I would really be killing it. No one told me that. So I don't want my older son or my younger son to be able to say that. And that's kind of what we're what we're doing in the context of um, deliberate practice in, in competitive soccer. So, again, thank you so, so much for listening that that far. That's just how I think about it. And this is no structured way of no structured recommendation. I'll be interested in hearing how other people think of, think about it. And if you made it this far, I really appreciate that and appreciate you listening. So now we're going to wrap up with the tip, and the tip is going along the lines of how to infuse fun, or how to make it fun um, for your child if you are indeed, especially if you are indeed the parent trainer. All right, so the first part is this. If you want a 100%, almost, I'd say 99% opportunity to make it fun for your child, you're doing whatever it is. And I actually saw a um, person post this on Facebook, uh, which kind of helped me with the idea. I've seen a couple of parents do this, kind of helped me with the idea. But I can tell you from my own personal experience, drum roll, please. Do it with them. If you if you ask your child to do a little session and they whatever, if you jump in and do even a small portion of it with them, then you're going to see that their motivation skyrockets. I don't know about the older, older ones, but definitely the younger ones. So what does that look like? And then how how are we going to help facilitate that with anytime soccer training? So, for example, you remember I told you I, I love doing interval base. So it might be 20 seconds on toe taps for my son and then 10 second rest and another 20 seconds. Well, what I do when I feel like it, I'm getting old, but what I do when I, what I, when I feel like it is, We'll do that same interval, 20 seconds on, and then I may do the next 20 seconds, so he's resting. The next 20 seconds, I'm doing push-ups. And then 20 seconds again, he's doing maybe TikToks or something. And then the next 20 seconds, I'm doing jump jacks and jumping jacks. And then he's doing his next thing, and then the next 20 seconds, maybe I'm running back and forth. And that is huge. And I'll tell you what, and he, especially my older one, because he's kind of alpha as well, he holds me accountable to that. So... Uh, I found that to be a huge boost. And what we're going to do in later phases, by the, uh, probably the end of the month, definitely by the end of next month, 
is we're going to add a parent module to Anytime Soccer Training. If you if you look if you download the website if you've gone to the website you'll see that the videos are organized by module skill areas like ball mastery juggling or whatever. Well, we're going to add a parent one as well, and what that's going to do is, you know, your child can do. I'm going to make this up again. Toe taps for 30 seconds, and then there's going to be a 10 second rest with a demo, and then we're going to say, all right, parents, it's your turn to do jumping jacks for 30 seconds and then you're going to see the little guy doing jumping jacks and you do it and then again the rest in 30 seconds okay parents uh, sorry kid now it's time for you to do tiktoks and then they do their thing and then all right parents now it's time for you to uh do high knees for 30 seconds or something like that so it's going to be a fun way for the parent to get a little cardio in a little strength body weight exercises in and the child to get some um ball mastery or whatever drills we're working on in juggling as well in a way that kind of involves both of you to be there for your for your use and i believe that that's going to be a way to really engage your child and make it fun for them and hopefully uh get you in shape as well i know i'll be doing it and my wife um kind of got the idea from her as well because she she likes working out with them but she's not going to quote unquote train them but she'll hit play and do an exercise and then allow them to do an exercise and then she does an exercise she finds that enjoyable so that's going to be one thing but again you don't need any time soccer training at all um do it yourself write out a few exercises you're going to do and write out a few exercises they're going to do and get in the yard and you guys knock yourself out so that's one way 100 percent way you're going to um they're going to have fun with this and the next way um they're going to 100 percent time they're going to have fun with it if you are a parent trainer and you're listening to me you're a select type of person you are a specific type of person you fall into that less than five percent of soccer parents out there i mean even that's being generous so you have a certain mindset already okay so you have to take it upon yourself to organize the free play opportunities for your child okay um that is another way to have to make everything 100% fun for them. Because remember, you don't want your only interaction with your child as it relates to soccer to be a training thing. So what I do is I am very active in making sure that I organize the free play opportunities for my kid. And you might say, well, why, why is it so important that you organize them? First of all, when I do free play, I want it to be completely free. So I only invite parents who get that, right? I don't want anybody talking to their kids. I don't want any coaching. I don't want anything. I just want to lay the cones down to make a little field and allow them, in most cases, to split the teams up. Maybe I help keep score, keep time so they get some water breaks in and stuff. But I just kind of let them play and don't talk to them. Let them own that space. Just free play. As a matter of fact, I was joking with one of my friends. I don't even remember my parents ever watching me free play. I don't think I don't think they have a I'm gonna call my mom and ask her this. I don't think they have a single memory of actually watching me play with my other friends. It's just you know, those are there are a lot of life lessons in that when kids have to forget about the soccer stuff, which we're gonna talk about in a second, but just life lessons when you have to play with other kids and kind of get along. 
And I don't want one of these back-ended, what I call backhanded um, developmental opportunities. I'm not organizing a free play because I think secretly you got to have free play in order to be creative. And no, no, no. Life is too short. Just let them play. Forget about any hidden soccer agenda. And as a parent trainer, you have to be proactive in making sure that happens for your child because you're already a type of proactive person. So that would be my next uh, tip on that. Make sure you uh, free play. And if you join any top soccer training group, there's an app I'm going to share that helps facilitate organizing free play with your friends. And I'm going to share that app and I'm going to ask the folks in my area to join with me so we can organize some free play opportunities for our kids. So that's it. That's the tips for the day. So in summary, no, the entire process is not going to be fun. I should say the the entire process is not going to be fun 100% of the time, um, always. But the overall process can be fun. But more importantly, you're going to try to instill discipline in your child so they can unlock these higher uh, motivations, these higher uh, outcomes, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of higher level of enjoyment. Um, in a sense of fulfillment. That's that's what we're trying to get out of um, youth sports in this regard. And then two ways um, to make sure it's fun for you and your child is, number one, you get active, you get involved. The, the kids absolutely love it. And they love seeing you make mistakes as well. So even if you try some of the soccer stuff, if you didn't grow up playing soccer, they love seeing you mess up and showing them and showing you how to do it properly. At least my younger one does. And finally, take a very proactive role And I know we got COVID, so you guys can play that part by ear, but assuming no COVID, especially take an active role in organizing free play opportunities for your child. We don't get enough of that in the States. It's very simple to do, but when you do it, don't have some alternative or ulterior motive about development and all that kind of stuff. Yes, some of that will happen through free play. But we really want all those other things that happen organically when we were children. We want to try to um, foster that through um, youth sports. So, again, this is Neil Crawford with um, Anytime Soccer Training. If you're a coach out there listening or a, tra- a trainer out there you're listening and you want to see what the product is all about for free, please email me, neil at anytime-soccer.com, and I'll, and I'll dialogue with you and uh, give you a quick demo and show you what it's all about. I hope you found this helpful. Um, I look forward to speaking to you guys on the Facebook group or next week. Um, Let's get better together.